You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey, hi, welcome to the initiation. So first, you're going to be greeted by a giant toad who's going to lead you to a very, very thin man. And you're going to kiss this man and he's going to suck the belief in Catholicism right out of your body. Don't worry, it doesn't hurt. Then you're going to have a nice feast with the rest of the congregation. And after a cat, a black cat, will emerge from the shadows. It's going to lift up its tail. And then you're going to have to plant a kiss right on its butthole. So I'm sure you're looking forward to the initiation. Let's get started. Hey, friend. Welcome back to For the Love of History. My name is TK, and today our topic is about Pope Gregory IX's War on Cats and how it had a terrible effect on one of the many waves of the plague that, well, plagued Europe. So let's dive right in. So cats can be a pretty decisive subject. Some people love cats, but sometimes they love them a little bit too much. Looking at you, people with 17 cats. That's too many cats, my friend. (laughs) And then there are other people, those poor, unfortunate souls who don't like cats. How can you not like them? I do not understand. It does not compute. I personally am among the cat lovers. I have two cats. They are my light. They are my joy. But sometimes they are assholes. I feed them. I give them water, love, all of the snuggles that they want. But they still knock over my plants. Why do you do this? I don't understand. But I digress. Let's talk about why medieval people didn't like cats. Now, when I say medieval, I mean the Middle Ages from the 5th century to the 15th century. European people in this time generally had the idea that God, in Catholicism, made all the animals to serve and be ruled by humans. People could domesticate dogs and horses and chickens and cows and all sorts of animals. They did basically what you told them to do. But try as those medieval people might, they could not domesticate cats in the way that they could other animals. A cat is not going to fetch something, usually. There's those Instagram cats, but they don't count. (laughs) Cats are really, really independent. And I'm sure any cat owner will tell you if you stare a cat in the eyes when it's trying to knock over a glass and you tell it no, that little is going to knock over that glass of water no matter how many times you say no. So this really independent nature made it easy for people in the medieval times to connect cats with the devil. Now let me tell you how they did this, the the mindset of the medieval people. So if God made animals to obey people and cats didn't, 
Then clearly God did not make the cats, so who did? Dun, dun, dun. The devil. There's a really great quote from Edward Duke of York in the early 15th century that throws some super shade at cats. It goes like this. Their falseness and malice are well known, but one thing I dare well say, that if any beast has the devil's spirit in him, without doubt it is the cat, both the wild and the tame. Aw, snap, that is a medieval burn if I ever heard one. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, anyways, in addition... To people disliking cats' fearlessly independent nature, people also were super creeped out by how cats hunted. I don't know if you've ever seen a cat kill a mouse, but they're little murder machine ninjas. Let me paint you a picture. You've got these cats, silent, deadly. They don't make a sound. Then they pounce on the mouse or the rat or whatever. And they don't kill it right away. Oh, no, no. They play with it for a while, toss it around, whatever, and then finally kill it after a while. Cats are crazy. Cats are murder machines. Never forget that. I am reminded every day that I live with two death machines. But this really scary way of hunting down their prey reminded people of how they thought the devil took and corrupted people's souls. The devil sneaks up, takes your soul, plays with it for a while, then you die. This was not great news for the cat PR people and made cats a really unfortunate target for what was going to come next. Originally, cats were not in Europe. Roman soldiers brought them back from Egypt. They had no satanic connection at the time, and they were actually a pretty popular pet. But along came a guy named Walter Mapp in 1180. In one of his works, he wrote about satanic rituals he had seen air quotes, and in these rituals, a cat would appear that was actually the devil. Then the cat would walk backwards, lift up its little tail, present its butthole, and people would have to kiss said butthole. But why the butthole? Walter, why the butthole? And from this butthole kissing ritual onward, cats started to be associated with the devil and devil worship. Now, just a side note, as we move forward, I'm going to be using both the word devil and Satan from time to time. The two words themselves relate to the same biblical character. Why are there two names, then you ask? Well, there are tons of speculations as to the nuances of these two words, or names rather, But plainly speaking, it has to do with translation from the Greek and the Hebrew, but we aren't going to get into that right now because that is totally another topic altogether. So moving right along, the real war on cats wouldn't start until 1233 when Pope Gregory IX became Pope. 
Now, poor Pope Gregory became Pope during a really tough time for the Catholic Church. He inherited a country with a big heretic problem. People didn't believe in the Catholic religion, and people were starting to break away from the church, and Gregory did not like that, nor did the rest of the Catholic world. The Catholic Church and Pope Gregory needed to do something in order to make sure Catholicism stayed the world power that it was. So, our friend Greg, Pope Gregory, is it rude to call him Greg? I don't know. I'm going to call him Greg from time to time. He's dead. Seems like a chill guy. (laughs) I'm sure he wouldn't mind. So our friend Pope Greg sent out a bunch of people to different places where heretics and witches were thought to be. And those suspects either had to convert to Catholicism or were sentenced to die. Those were your two options. That was it. No middle ground. And one of the people that Pope Gregory sent out was Connor of Marbury. He was really trusted because he was just an MVP during the Crusades of 1209 to 1222. He was converting and killing people left and right. And his methods were unusual to say the least. He went with the heretic or witch until proven innocent approach, and he just loved to burn people at the stake if they didn't convert. So obviously the church was super into this guy and trusted him a lot when he came back. And he was appointed the first German Grand Inquisitor, which basically means he could go into Germany and find and eradicate witches and non-Catholics. He was sent to Mainz and Hildesheim, Germany, where some satanic cults were reported to be. He went and found these cults and reported his findings, and this is when shit really hit the fan for cats. Pope Gregory had to do something about this heretic slash witch problem in Germany, and he had to warn the king of Germany, of course. So, Pope Greg, not wanting a bunch of witches in Germany, ordered his first papal bull. A papal bull is basically a law or an announcement from the Pope, and this papal bull was named the Vox in Roma. It was given to King Henry of Germany to warn him about this horrible witch heretic problem he had. In the papal bull, he did a few things. Number one, he called on the bishops of Mainz and Heidelheim to help Connor of Marbury wipe out the witches and heretics and indirectly cats. Now, the Pope didn't directly say, go forth and kill the cats, but this papal bull was the first Catholic description we have of witches and made an official connection with witches, cats, and the devil. He canceled cats. They weren't cute, fluffy animals anymore. They were the devil himself. The second thing that was described in this papal bull 
was another cat butthole kissing scenario. So not only did we have Walter Mapp's description of cat butthole kissing, now we have the Pope's as well. In the intro of the podcast, I gave you a beautiful description of a satanic initiation ritual. And that beautiful piece of literature actually came from our friend Pope Greg. The toad kissing, the religion sucking, the butthole kissing was all in the Vox Roma. And this is what got people all riled up about cats. So the German Grand Inquisitor basically got all the help and power he wanted in order to eradicate these cat butthole kissers, aka supposed witches and heretics. And he pretty much killed a bunch of people and killed a bunch of cats in really terrible ways. The people of Europe caught wind of this new inquisition that was going on And they were also afraid of the cats. And they thought they should do their duty as good members of the Catholic Church by killing cats in the hundreds. But they didn't just kill the cats. They also believed that torturing the cats would break curses. This belief spread all across Europe and turned into festivals from time to time. In Denmark, there is a festival called the Fastelaven, and it's held at the beginning of Lent. It was based on the belief that for spring to begin, all of the evil in the land needed to be banished. It needed to be cleansed. And how do you banish evil, you may ask, dear listener? Well, by beating the heck out of a cat. Just beat that cat to death. And apparently, this would cleanse the land of evil and spring could begin. But Denmark was not alone. In other places in Europe, a pretty common practice of burning cats, just as you would burn a witch, became super popular in France. And what the French people did was not cool at all, and I would rather not talk about it. Let's just say medieval France needed someone to take away their fire. It's not all croissants and macaroons and love up in Paris. There's some gross stuff that happens from time to time. But then again, what country has a perfectly pristine past? And you better trust and believe France was not alone in their horrible treatment of cats. I'm looking at you, medieval Denmark, Belgium, and England. But let's get back to the original point of our story. Pope Gregory IX. Basically, Pope Gregory put a hit out on cats, but he was not the only pope to hate cats. In fact, in 1484, Pope Innocent VIII, not so innocent really, if you ask me, excommunicated all cats. He excommunicated them. How do you excommunicate a whole species. It doesn't, I don't understand. The cats were devastated. JK, the cats had no idea, and if they did, I'm sure that they would have not cared. So these poor cats were excommunicated and being murdered. And actually, taking out this many cats at once 
would turn out to be really bad for the population of Europe because of a little something called the Black Plague. The Black Plague is a disease caused by the bacteria Yersinia pestis, and it was horrible for the people of Europe and would really mess them up from the 1300s to the 1700s. In parts of England, 50% of the population died because of the plague. In France, up to 90% of the population would die in some areas. It was killing people left and right. When we talk about the plague, there are three kinds. The bubonic plague, the pneumonic plague, and the septemic plague. But the one we're talking about now is the bubonic kind, which is transmitted by fleas in a really disgusting way. Scientists and historians have found that the bubonic plague came over from Asia on fleas that were on rats, that were on ships. So fleas had the bacteria Yersinia pestis inside of their teeny tiny tummies in their digestive tracts, and this causes the fleas to get all blocked up. They can't eat the blood that they need to survive, so what do they do? Puke it up, of course. So the fleas puke right into the bite. They just take out of whatever they're eating. Also, did you know fleas could throw up? Because I didn't, and I do not recommend that you Google that. Because I did, and I wish I didn't. Rude, fleas. Just rude. So anyway, that little flea vomit would go into the host that the flea was biting and infect it. Then the poor little host has flea vomit on it and the bubonic plague. The creature that the fleas could bite are anything from rats to dogs to people. Basically, if you had blood, the flea was coming for you. The host would then get sick and they would contract this disease. And it was real fun. In the bubonic form of the plague, people would have these big black swollen lumps under their arms and under their neck. And they were called bubos. Bubos is actually an adorable name. But the adorableness stops there. The person would have a high fever and they would vomit have a pounding headache. Some of them would become so weak they didn't have enough energy to swallow and essentially starve to death. So what I'm saying is you did not want this at all. As I said, the plague was brought over in fleas on rats. And question for you, who loves rats? Why, cats love rats and they love a little rat snack. Except my cats, I'm looking at them right now while I'm recording this and if they saw a rat, I don't know if they would know what to do with it. Definitely not one of my cats, he's kind of fat and lazy. But cats are supposed to be really good at catching rats and that's one of the reasons why people had them as pets in the first place. Now, I'm not saying that the mass murder of cats caused the bubonic plague. What I am saying is that 
it was way worse because of it. The plague came around about once a generation in the Middle Ages, so it was gonna come regardless. The plague was spreading, cats were being murdered, and it's fair because cats can also carry these flies, but the population of rats was so out of control because they weren't being eaten by the cats, and the plague was just going through Europe like a wildfire. So this was a little bit of an oopsie on old Gregory's part, but even though there was a death warrant out on the cats, some people still kept them as pets. People started noticing that those people and families who had cats were getting the plague way less frequently than those that didn't have cats. So some medieval scientists did a little research and found out, lo and behold, Cats were eating the rats. What? Whenever I was picturing these scientists like discovering that cats eat mice, I think of the surprised Pikachu meme. Just like, oh, that face. (laughs) That's what I think of. Because duh. Duh, cats eat mice. So these pet cats were eating the rats, and the rats couldn't get inside the people's houses to give them the fleas that gave them the plague, which is another reason to love cats. Eventually, the plague ran its course and went away, and people realized, hey, cats are kind of handy to kill these mice and rats that give us the plague. So eventually people stopped massacring these cats and the population of cats in Europe increased as cats are wont to do, which I think is great because I love cats. And that is the tale of Pope Gregory IX's war on cats. But I don't want you to think that all people in medieval times hated cats. And I want to leave you with a little heartwarming story. So here goes. In some parts of the Middle East, people really loved cats. So much so that there were little cat charities and organizations that would take care of street cats. It was precious and wholesome and heartwarming and the kind of thing we need right now. I'm just imagining these cute little homes for wayward cats. I love it. I want to be there. I wish I was a part of it. And the love was so strong that a Catholic pilgrim in the Middle East noted in his writing that one of the major differences between Muslims and Catholics is that they, the Muslims, love cats and we The Catholics love dogs. That was his big takeaway, really. Revolutionary. (laughs) So the war with cats was over, and now I think cats are living their best life. Like 90% of the internet is basically a love letter to cats, so they're doing pretty good now. If there's one thing that I want you to remember from today, it is to stay away from cat buttholes. I don't want you joining any satanic cults or getting pink eye, friend, because that's how you get pink eye.
Thanks again for joining me here at For the Love of History. Now, the next episode has yet to be decided, and I have a little favor for you, my dear listener. If you could hop on over to the For the Love of History Instagram and vote on the poll. There are two topics up for episode three. So please choose which topic you would like to hear most. The two topics are the true life of Cleopatra and the sordid past of the fork. All right, thanks so much, and I will see you in the next one. Bye! Why is there a metronome right now? Oh, okay. <laughs>